What's going on, you guys? Welcome back to the Music Matters Media Podcast. I am super pumped for this episode. Today's episode, we are going to be talking about Record Store Day 2022. So exciting, Eric. I cannot wait to hear all about it. Yeah, man, there's definitely a lot to discuss. We'll be, you know, talking about just how my experience was attending this year's Record Store Day, you know, how long it's been, how far it's come, and also just going to give a couple of statistics in terms of, you know, everything surrounding it uh, right now in 2022. Sounds great. So let's just jump right in, Eric. In 2022, Record Store Day, just like the rest of the vinyl industry, has uh, taken a bit of a hit, unfortunately. And that's in no small part due to COVID because of all of the delays, all of the extremely long wait times. And so before I get to the positive aspect of the episode, I'm going to start out with something that's a little bit not so great. And that's only because it directly impacts the celebration of Record Store Day, the experience, and just overall the whole operation of it. So I thought I'd start out with just a couple of statistics and read from a couple of articles that I have pulled up here. If you remember when we did our top 10 albums of 2021, which of course everybody should go check that out as well, Nice plug, Eric. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I remember. You remember that I believe I'm correct. If I'm wrong, please uh, correct me. Your number one album for 2021 was Adele's 30. Yes, right? that would be correct. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> and you remember that back then I had told you that because of the crazy amount of copies for vinyl that she, uh, you know, was pressing it had caused a vinyl shortage right yeah i did not know that until you actually told me so i thought that was pretty interesting to say the least okay so building off of that you know let me just say that yes her order of five hundred thousand records because that's how much that's a crazy crazy accomplishment yes that's how much you know she uh requested to have pressed i just want to yes i just want to yes the demand definitely is not making things easier but she is not the cause of the problem for the insane amount of 
you know, backlogs and delays and really long wait times for vinyl. It's a lot of things. And in no small part, it's COVID. Yeah, I figured so, as much. Right. And so basically this article that I have pulled up here, written by Andrew Trindell, it's, it's basically saying, you know, yes, uh, the 500,000 vinyl copies ordered definitely does not make things easier. But, you know, it's not just her who's trying to get a vinyl pressed. You know, at the same time that she submitted her order, other people like Ed Sheeran, Coldplay, ABBA, and Elton John, they were all also trying to get their records pressed at the same time as her. And so, you know, you have, unfortunately, a bunch of artists, both mainstream and indie, who are also just trying to get their orders in. And that's just, it's taking forever, unfortunately. And, you know, because COVID has put everything to a stop, the you know, materials needed to press vinyl are being held up. And of course, the pressing plants can't keep up with the demand. Right. It's such a high volume. Exactly. And that in turn affects the the independent record stores because they're not getting the stock that they need in their store. And therefore, the artists have to wait even longer to go on tour and make their money. Because, you know, you and I have both seen that vinyl has definitely had a resurgence in popularity. Yeah, of course. I mean, when it comes to musicians nowadays in terms of profiting off of their music, it's actually less about the music itself due to streaming services. And there's so many other ways for people to access listening to the music. And it's more about going on tour, playing these shows, and selling merchandise. And of course, along with the merchandise, vinyl is a huge chunk of those sales. Exactly. And you're exactly right. Now that's definitely another incentive for people to go to shows. Of course, people, you know, go to the shows to enjoy live music and they go to shows to, you know, get some merchandise, grab a t-shirt, something like that. But now that vinyl is a hit among so many artists now, more and more artists are getting on the vinyl train, you know, now you've got, you know, artists bringing their vinyl with them on tour. And what makes it even more special usually is what they do is they make specific pressings for these tours uh-huh. where uh-huh. you have yep. to go to the tour itself to get that variant. And usually it's limited or, you know, it's a special kind of pressing, just like I said. Yep. And uh, that's the incentive to get the tour variant versus the regular variant that may come out with the release, the initial release or whatever is on the web store. So, yeah, I can imagine um, how frustrating that may be for an artist who is dropping an album or who has already released an album. And then according to plan, of course, you're going to want to tour that album, especially now that things are loosening up in terms of the rules of pandemic lockdown and COVID and things are starting slowly to get back to how they were in terms of being in a live setting and and going to see your favorite musicians play and all the rescheduled tours are happening now as we speak so it must be I can only imagine how frustrating it is where you have everything planned up specifically to go with your release days and specifically to go with these 
tours, everything is coordinated when you have an album rollout like that. Yeah, absolutely. You're 100% right. And sometimes there's not even really a different variant to the record, but it could just be that the record is autographed and that's not available on the website. Obviously, when uh, you and I went to see Sum 41 yeah. at Terminal 5, yes. there was a... I, I don't remember if there was a tour-specific variant, but I do know that there was a copy that was signed, and obviously that was a very popular item. That's one of my prized possessions in my collection. The record was Does This Look Infected, and it was an anniversary edition. It was a special tour edition on top of that, and on top of all that, it was signed by the band. And you are 100% right. A lot of the times, too, you have the opportunity to get a signed copy. And that's also very much an incentive for the fans to come out to these shows. Yeah, absolutely. You're exactly right. And so building off of that, you know, just the general problem that's going on with, you know, vinyl and how the pandemic affects the production of vinyl, now we go on to Record Store Day and how that, unfortunately, is also affecting independent record stores. There's, a, there's an article by this dude called Rupert Morrison, who also happens to be a record store owner himself. He claims that Record Store Day is harming instead of helping independent record stores. And the reason he says this is because not only are things extremely delayed for vinyl in general, for everybody, for the stores, the musicians, for the record plants, but now, you know, because of everything that's going on and because Record Store Day is such a very important day to a lot of people, the, it looks like the music industry is focusing almost exclusively on Record Store Day and focusing on getting all of those records from the list pressed and ready that they're ignoring everything else. So pretty much what I gather from that, correct me if I'm wrong, is that everybody is hopping on this record store day bandwagon that is a musician whether it's mainstream indie you know up and coming etc and it's flooding the market yes like yeah to an extent like basically what he's saying is that because record store day is such an important event the rush to press vinyl or rather the focus to press the vinyl that's included on the list has taken priority so much so that the records of every other artist who's waiting to get their stuff pressed for the other 364 days of the year has gone to second place. Because the emphasis is solely focused on that day, that takes priority over... Exactly, exactly. Gotcha. So they're, gotcha. yes, so they're, they're so worried about, like, here, I'll give you an example. It says that this year, you know, there were 411 releases for Record Store Day. And so if I'm understanding him correctly, the effort went into pressing those 411 releases and everything else is just waiting. So meanwhile, if you're not on that list and you have a tour that's currently going on or an album release that's currently going on, you get shafted because it doesn't coordinate during the same time that everybody's trying to get these records pressed for this day yes and you have to take a back yes. seat to that yes so let me just read a little bit not too much it says this year record store day offers 411 new releases a fact that should leave those in the physical music business seating 
and that's in reference to people who have long criticized Record Store Day. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. And it says, thanks to Brexit and the pandemic, we simply can't make enough records. There is an international shortage of the various components required in vinyl manufacture, as well as a backlog exacerbated by last year's top-heavy release schedule. And the issue is not going to go away. Whereas vinyl would typically take 12 weeks to produce, we're now looking at nine months for a short run of 12-inch vinyl. And don't even mention the shortage on colored vinyl, the lifeblood of Record Store Day. And then he goes on to say that, you know, even though there's a couple of record pressing plants that have opened in the UK, they unfortunately, you know, are not enough to keep up with the demand. Yeah, that was going to be my follow up question. It was going to be since the demand is so high, obviously they're going to have to do something about the supply, hence open more pressing plants and things mm -hmm. of that nature mm -hmm. in order to meet the demand for record store day and not only just for the day itself but for everybody else like we just said exactly that need their records pressed for their music exactly and so he goes on to say and yet these 411 records will be ready and awaiting sale on april 23rd so that's exactly what uh what he's saying that you know this day so much goes into it it's so important to a lot of people that unfortunately somehow it has become even more important than everybody else who's not on the list or everybody else who's you know just kind of waiting to you know get their records pressed and it really is telling that you know now it takes nine months just to get a short run of you know lps pressed it's like this other dude said you, you could have a kid in that time yeah you know? that's insane and uh and it is true because listen not for nothing but you know i recently got you a reissue of boxcar racers self-titled album and i made the pre-order for that last summer and you just got that like what a couple of weeks ago yeah yep so it took a while and i still have records that i pre-ordered last summer still waiting for them so this is definitely a real thing maybe perhaps we can spin this in a positive light and say could we open more plants to press these records and possibly give job opportunities to people that need the work and could that be more of a generation of money in the long run money being generated if we get more plants because the demand's so high and we can supply records at a faster rate and not have the current plants be so exhausted by this demand and I don't know, it just really makes you think because we're going to have to come up with a solution not only here in the States, but clearly globally from, you know, the article that you just read. And they're going to have to think of ways to continue to mass produce these vinyl records, but at a faster rate and churn them out at a faster rate. And the only way to do that would be to open up more pressing plants and possibly give the opportunity to open more jobs for people and you know it could turn into a positive thing depending on how this goes because clearly the demand for vinyl isn't going anywhere 
The resurgence has been going on for years at this point. It's only getting increasingly more popular among not even just our generation and the generations before us, but now the younger generations. So how do you feel about that, Eric? What would you say would be a good solution to all of this? And how do you feel? Well, I'm actually very glad that you brought up that point because my last piece of news that I have here to uh, quote from is actually an article that talks about a video Jack White made. I'm not sure if you saw it at all, but basically he makes a video, you know, appealing to, you know, three of the biggest uh, major labels. In this case, it would be Sony, Universal, and Warner. He's appealing to them to make their own pressing plants in order to make things easier and to, you know, be a part of the solution. So specifically in the video, he says it's 2022 now and it's no longer a fad. Vinyl records have exploded in the last decade and the demand is incredibly high. A small punk band can't get their record for eight to 10 months. As, M- as MC5 once said, you're either part of the problem or part of the solution. And so then he goes on to touch upon a variety, a variety of things, I believe including what you said, you know, it, helps to get people more jobs it helps to get people to contribute more to the cause you know to do away with this insane backlog and so he's you know telling he's telling them to follow his example because he also owns a record plan of his own and so he knows what it's like to be really hands-on and he knows what it's like shout out to third man records absolutely one of my favorite all-time, you know, just record labels and just vinyl manufacturers. I I would even say that they definitely played a huge part in me just like, you know, helping me along my journey of collecting records, which I believe at this point uh, has been a decade, which is pretty crazy when you think about it. I love that not only is he coming from a place of, of course, being a musician himself, a legendary one, I might add at this point, but... He is also leading the way. He's leading by example with Third Man Records, and he's really on the forefront and has been on the forefront of this for a while now, as we just stated. So he's right in the sense of it kind of blows my mind to think that we are in 2022 at this point and that these major labels aren't the ones producing these records themselves and pressing these records themselves and they're outsourcing to other plants now of course i'm going to trace that back to money and it being significantly cheaper for them to do Mm -hmm. it that way because if you really think about it it makes perfect sense and it almost makes you scratch your head and wonder why hasn't this been brought to the table years ago at this point absolutely and you know he even says it here he says At least once a week, without fail, someone will reach out asking me to help expedite their vinyl record manufacturing. It's a natural thought, knowing that I own a pressing plant and have my own record label. If anyone could help, it's this guy. And then he says, with the industry-wide turnaround times for vinyl currently leaning towards the length of a human pregnancy, it's obvious in a world so contingent on being of the moment and timed just right, a single, an album, a tour, etc. These timelines are the killers of momentum, soul... artistic expression and far too often livelihoods preach and so he's absolutely right you know he's doing everything he can to help and the 
new pressing plants in the UK are absolutely trying to do everything they can. But there's only but so much that enough. they can do. Yeah, because exactly. they don't they don't have the tools and the ability to produce mass quantities for the amount of musicians and up and coming musicians that are in the music industry. There's only so many, you know, records that they could produce at a time. They can't put the whole music industry on their backs, so to speak. Exactly. Exactly. So everybody has to do their part, especially the people who benefit the most from it, which are the major record labels, because now they're also on this bandwagon, because now that they figured out that vinyl is, you know, a very good chunk of income for these artists, they're also placing higher demands on their artists to, you know, get this stuff pressed. And going back to the financial aspect of this real quick, it makes sense for them to outsource it because I guarantee that versus the quantity that they're getting of these records being mass produced, they are paying substantially lower than the money that they're making and that these records are generating being sold. So that's why they haven't really move the dial on how they operate things these major labels because they're benefiting the most from these artists and from outsourcing the production of getting these records pressed and getting them made so that the turnaround and the profit is increasingly greater than the cost of mm -hmm. production mm -hmm. but at the same time look at what it's doing to smaller businesses smaller artists up-and-coming artists it's not fair it's really not yeah, fair not at all to be milking this cow and having such a grand platform and budget being a major label and pretty much squashing any hope of the little man yeah yeah to get their record pressed and also going back to what Jack was saying, which is something that we already discussed, Eric, is that it destroys the whole album cycle and rollout for mm -hmm. these musicians mm -hmm. because when you have an album release, all of these things have to coordinate with the release. Otherwise, as you said, people are going to be getting these records at a time that's not relevant anymore to the tour, to the cycle, to the album, to the project. And mm -hmm. it's crucial that these artists get these records in the hands of their fans that are demanding them because by the time they place the order and by the time that it's made, we're living in a world that's moving so fast, everybody's already on to the next thing. Absolutely. And imagine an up-and-coming you know, new artist right now who's maybe made an EP and they just won a few hundred copies to sell at their live shows. They are gonna be waiting an insane amount of time just for that EP. And who knows, in the nine months it takes to make those hundred records, they might put out yet another album or something. Right. And so right. they're gonna be exactly. behind, you know, even more. And that's not to say that, you know, when they eventually get the EP pressed, the people aren't gonna eat it up. Of course they're going to, but that's not the point. The point is that you know, when it comes to tours, when it comes to schedules, there's a way to do things. And, you know, this whole situation is not helping 
absolutely anybody least of all you know right there's a whole rollout that goes accordingly to the release of a project yeah absolutely and so i i really think that this is absolutely a great thing for jack to be doing whether those three companies will actually listen to him remains to be seen only time will tell but uh i really hope that they do take him seriously and that they heavily consider it because it can only help things at this point. Exactly, you know? yeah. I'm really glad that he's calling them out and pretty much putting the Me ball too. in their court because it's also unbelievably unfair, the list of priority. You can't tell me that if an artist like Adele, for example, since we were mentioning her earlier, has a wait list of a certain amount of records that need to be pressed, that she's not going to take priority over a Joe Schmo from Idaho that's trying to make music and trying to reach out to his fans and trying to get that support financially who needs to support his family. You know, I'm just using a random example, but it's it's really not fair because it, it turns into politics as well, just like how award shows have been geared toward that where initially at the foundation of the award shows when they were just becoming a thing it was about more so about the achievement whereas mm -hmm. now as time's gone on it's more about the politics behind the show and not yeah. the achievement and it's sad to say but as records are getting increasingly more popular to physically obtain it's turning into a popularity contest of mm -hmm, well this mm -hmm. is the more prominent artist therefore they're going to be higher on the list of getting these records pressed because they're going to end up making more money for me that's going in my pocket and that's what i don't like yeah and he jack white specifically says that too he says you know this isn't the mainstream versus independent thing this isn't a punk versus pop thing you know we're all in this together and we all have to do our part and you know, the, another alternate solution that the, one of the previous, uh, you know, uh, writers I mentioned, Rupert Morrison, the dude who owns a record store, he suggested that maybe record store day should take a year off. And people did not like that. And I totally understand why. But he also says, even if that were the case, even if record store day were to completely take a break for a year, and resume operations you know a little later it still wouldn't help that much because the backlog is just so big you know yeah that's like putting a band-aid on a deep wound at this point you know like that might that might work temporarily but mm -hmm. long term it's still going to be an issue and we need to really exactly. get down to the bottom of how we can come up with a solution Whereas exactly. long term, that's going to be effective for everybody where we don't have to put a day like record right. store day on pause. Exactly. Because it's exactly. counterproductive as well. It's very counterproductive. It really is. It really is. And let me just uh, mention it to anybody who's curious. The article that talks about the Jack White video, it's an article, it's an article from the website Stereo Gum, and it's written by James Reddick, if anybody's interested in reading the full statement that Jack White put up. Send me the link to that, and I'm going to put it in the show notes of this episode so people that want to read up on it further can have the opportunity okay. to do Perfect. so. All right, cool. 
And so now, just to smoothly transition, <laughs> um, let me just let me just say, you know, record store day, even more than just colored vinyl or black vinyl sales, it's about music. It's about you know celebrating what the record is, what it represents. It's about celebrating the fact that it's a classic that no matter you know whether it dwindled in popularity in previous decades or whether it's back now it's still alive there's clearly still an interest for it and i just want to you know along with you dedicate this episode to everybody who goes out of their way to satisfy the customers like us you know the pressing plants the independent record stores the artists you know the employees the owners of these stores they put in way more than 100% to just try to get those records into our hands and, you know, put smiles on our faces and just make us happy for, you know, one major day of the year. Of course, that doesn't mean that vinyl is not available during the other 364 days, but because of the huge significance of Record Store Day, you know, a huge thank you to every single one of them for going out of their way to, despite the really difficult times we're living in, to make our experience the best it possibly can be given the circumstances and with that uh let's talk about my experiences from record store day yeah shout out to record store day for bringing music lovers together uniting everybody and just having a day to fully appreciate the art of music absolutely and if anybody who's listening to this episode is a record store owner or you know somebody who works at a pressing plant or whatever just know that we absolutely Thank you for your efforts. You know, thank you so much for going way above and beyond to, you know, keep the customer happy. And we truly hope that, you know, one day sooner than later, a solution is able to be agreed upon so that, you know, all that stress can be taken off your backs. I could not agree more. So, Eric, with all that being said, I want to hear it. How was your experience this year at Record Store Day? So... <laughs> I don't know if you'll necessarily be happy to hear about this, but uh, it, it makes it part of the experience. This is the first time I've ever had to wait in a line for Record Store Day. Wow. This year, when I went on April 23rd, I got there and I see this decently sized line. And I wasn't surprised, really, because, you know, now with everything easing up a little bit, more and more people are going to me you know, going to these events in person. So I get there and, you know, it was this pretty decently sized line and I'm like, okay, cool. Now, how long did you have to wait in this line? Probably, let's see. I got there like maybe two minutes after the store opened, our local record store called uh, Mr. Cheapo's. You Shout out to Cheapo's. You have Cheapo's here in Mineola, mm -hmm. Long Island, New York, and you also have one in Colmac, Long Island, New mm -hmm. York. Shout out mm -hmm. to Cheapos. Yes, and since this is an episode about Record Store Day, also check out Looney Tunes CDs, another fantastic record store. And I believe they're over in West Babylon. Yes, yes. So I probably waited maybe for like 20 minutes tops because what they were doing was that they were letting people in like a few at a time, you know, I guess to, as, so as to not overwhelm everything. So... I waited for like 20 minutes and I was a little worried because I'm like, oh man, you know, 
maybe the stuff that I'm looking for is going to be taken by the time I get in there. But, uh, but no, it was fine. You know, I went in there and it was pretty much business as usual, you know, just people browsing through the boxes that were set up with the new releases. Do you think it was well organized? Yeah, I think so. You know, I, I definitely was, like I said, I was a little worried at first, but they honestly handled it very well. You know, uh, I think it was a good idea to let people in, like, just a few at a time. That way, you know, it wasn't super overwhelming. That way people, you know, didn't have to, like, trample over each other. So it wouldn't be overwhelmingly packed. Yeah, because the store is tiny. You know, you and I have been there and we know how small it is. It's hard to, you know, go through the aisles because the it's just so narrow to, like, have a bunch of people crammed in there trying to, you know, search for stuff. But you really so, find yeah. so many gems in there. You just have to you dig. You really do. If you have the time and you have the patience to do so, you'll walk out yeah. with a lot of really valuable things yeah. and a lot of gems to be found in that store. Absolutely. And just in general, digging through vinyl is one of the coolest, most relaxing things in the world. You just stand there browsing through everything, take that plunge and see what you find, you know? You and I both know the feeling. Of course. And yeah, I walked away with some pretty pretty cool stuff and the beauty of this episode is that i have that stuff right here with me all right let's go through it what did you end up finding of course you know me i get stuff that's on the list and stuff that's not on the list uh <laughs> it can be a problem for your wallet because you know that's like impulse shopping <laughs> but uh <laughs> first of all first of all eric this whole hobby <laughs> can be a problem for your wallet i always say that to anybody that wants to get into record collecting how of course i'm all for it and you just become so addicted to it it really is uh after a while an addiction to get the pressing you want the variant you want if it's limited if it's signed there's so many aspects that go to it and just the sport of it the love of it to be out there digging through these crates and to support your favorite musicians, to find new musicians, up-and-coming musicians. There's so many surprises along the way. So, of course, being the avid music enthusiast and lover that I am, I am 100% in support of people starting a collection, building a collection. But that's one of the first things that I always say. Disclaimer, it is a very expensive hobby. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And... You know, you and I both have record collections that are, you know, just constantly growing, evolving, constantly growing. <laughs> yep. You yep. know, uh, and as somebody who's been collecting records for more than a decade, you know, I still remember getting like my first couple of records when I was like in my late teens, early 20s. Now, as a 30 year old man, having if not close to, then just a little over 400 records. Woo! And that's not even counting like, the box sets because I have a I have a couple so yeah there's for all I know there's more in there but um it's incredible in terms of what I, yeah definitely and yes not a single regret <laughs> uh but yeah so some of the stuff that I got that was on the list uh I've mentioned these guys before they were part of my top 10 of 2021 I believe Zarface their new album called Zarmageddon came out uh, on Record Store Day on vinyl. And I'm happy to say that today it is out everywhere on streaming platforms. Awesome. Everybody go check it out. Yep. Yeah, these guys are amazing. You know, inspect the deck. 
7L Esoteric, who, as I have also mentioned before, had the pleasure of meeting at Comic-Con, one of the coolest guys ever. Uh, if you're listening to this, what's up, dude? Really awesome to really awesome to meet you. And thank you for autographing all my stuff. Um, yeah, this is just so freaking cool. It comes with a set of trading cards. And for people who, you know, love novelty items and stuff, they are also selling a Zarface lunchbox with the cassette of wow. this new album. With the cassette of this new album and another set of trading cards. It's on this website called Get On Down. If you are a hip-hop head, they have all your needs covered. Now that's really cool. That's unique. It I is. love that. Yeah, right. And, you know, you think to yourself, uh, Lunchbox, what am I, like five? But come on. It's different, though. You know, it's different. Exactly. That's that's what's cool about it, you know? Sometimes merchandise and releases can get tiresome because it's like, okay, you you have the standard... You drop an album, you make a shirt, you make the record, you know, you do like the standard, that's the standard album rollout. You got your hoodies, you got your beanies, hats, etc. But what's really cool is when artists think outside of the box and they think from the fans perspective of, okay, if I was on the other side of receiving this music, what would I be most interested in or what would be a cool thing for a fan to have an experience not only just listening to the record, but owning a piece of merchandise that's not necessarily the first thing that people would think of when shopping for their favorite artist. Exactly. And let's be honest, who doesn't want to be a kid again? A lunchbox <laughs> is the best way to relive those years. Gotta relive the youth. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, another really cool uh, record store day exclusive uh kirk hammett the lead guitar player from metallica released his first ever instrumental solo ep nice and he pressed it on really cool like ocean blue vinyl and he also released a cd as well so you can get it in either format and of course it's available everywhere to stream uh what's cool about this is that it's a horror themed instrumental uh ep he's really into horror movies and he decided to try his hand at making a horror soundtrack inspired ep and it's just really cool because you know he said in an interview and i was a little bit heartbroken by this that uh whenever he plays in metallica sometimes the stuff he plays is uh kind of coached i guess for lack of a better term you know he'll get advice from his bandmates or you know from producers and they'll tell him you know, try playing your guitar solos this way, try making them sound this way. And so, of course, he has creative freedom, but at the same time, he gets tips on what to play. Right. But this time around, it's all his terms. It's all, you know, what he wants to do. No input, no nothing. And that's what's really cool because it gives him complete and total freedom to just go crazy and do what he wants. So I really love that. Yeah, that's awesome. He has his own freedom of expression and he can take creative control. And, of course, I got some jazz because I love that. Uh, got this album from this really awesome drummer called Max Roach, if anyone's ever heard of him. He's an absolute legend. Uh, it's called We Insist, and it's looking like it's one of those unreleased records that, you know, people had for a while, but they didn't release. They saved it for a special occasion like ah, Record Store Day. in the vault, okay. Yeah, yeah. Exa- yeah, you'd be surprised how much stuff they have in regards to jazz records like they'll 
find live shows that nobody thought about putting out or went undiscovered or locked up for a really long time. And they'll put that stuff out there specifically for record store day. So that is also one really cool thing that I've always loved about, you know, record store day. And of course I got some other stuff that, you know, wasn't part of the list, but I had to get one of them, even though I have this album, uh, Metallica's ride the lightning, ride the lightning, their second uh, album ever. Uh, the reason I got this is because there was a misprint in the 80s for a time. The album cover is typically blue, but it looks like a French record label accidentally pressed it uh, on green. And so it's a really sought after item. How rare is it? Uh, if I'm correct, maybe there's like a hundred, I think. Maybe Holy a little bit more crap. Than that. You see what I'm saying? If you have the time and the patience, you never know what you might be able to walk away with. Exactly. It's, it's just all about digging, you know? It's all about taking that plunge. And funny enough, I thought about leaving it because I was like... What? You know, I, I thought about it. I'll be honest, because I was like... <laughs> you don't understand. I was, like, just picking records. That's what I always do. I, like, pick everything first to make decisions later. Yeah, yeah. And uh, You gotta act so, first. <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, I've got the stack of records with me, and I'm adding the prices. And it's just like, you the know, thing the thing is, you than... put it back, you oh, never know who else might grab it. Yeah, you never know if it's going to be there the next time you go back. Yep, I've, is, I you know? have gone through that, I can't tell you how many times, of just being like, wow, I should have just held on to this bit the bullet at the time you know and you try to be reasonable and, and you try to be nice to your bank account <laughs> and that's then you go back and it's gone that's exactly what i thought i'm like i'm looking at the number getting higher on my calculator and i'm just like okay what can i reasonably say i do not need <laughs> you know and i thought about putting it back but then after like finding out the statistics of it online and finding out that it was how really rare it is yeah. sought after i was like well if you put it back you're gonna regret it and every metallica collector will absolutely look down on you <laughs> for doing that <laughs> so uh do yourself a favor you know put the other stuff you don't need back and take this one it's definitely worth it i get what you mean though i think that we've all been there those who collect records where you're there physically at the record store and you're trying to figure out, okay, what's worth grabbing now? What can I put back? And you kind of weigh out the pros and cons because once that stack continues to pile up, it is very hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it only gets worse. To walk out with um, it in its entirety. You know, usually yeah, yeah. you act first and then you think after the fact as we just said, and then you're like, okay, how much of this do I really need? And can I afford to put this back? Is it still going to be there? Can I, you know, manage with with or without something? So, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. I think that's fair to, to, to say, to try to be as practical as you can yeah, absolutely. without overdoing it. Yeah, it, it literally hurts to have to take the decision of, well, do I take the leap of faith and trust that it'll still be here or do i just suck it up and get it right away and of course i just want to state real quick on here that we wholeheartedly 100 percent support independent 
record stores. Thank you guys. You guys are clearly doing the most and uh it's a struggle especially now more than ever so for real with the pandemic covid every small business took a hard hit but especially record stores people coming out ordering things buying things it's only now that everything's so backed up that there's the issue but initially it was really tough and a lot of stores took a hard hit and a lot of stores had to end up closing and shutting down, which is unfortunate. So Mm -hmm. I just want to take this moment in the episode to give a shout out to the independent record stores. We love you. We appreciate you. And we really couldn't do it without you. Yeah, absolutely. You guys go above and beyond for us, you know, always. And you always just work your butts off to just make us happy, put smile on put smiles on our faces and to just get ready to, you know, to brace the day, you know, and probably my favorite thing about record store day, even more than the records on the list, even more than anything I could ever walk away with is just the interaction the with people. fellow music lovers, Yes, you know, just, yes. just talking, just, just browsing through the records and then, you know, uh, you know, talking with whoever's next to you and being like, Hey, so what are you looking for? Or just being friends with, you know, the cashiers, the ones who ring up your order when you're done, you know, just talking with them, what their experience with music is like, you know, just getting to know them even more, connecting on that personal level. It's the coolest thing ever, man. Whether it be the people that you're waiting online with, whether it be the people that work at the actual stores, the owners themselves, it's just so cool that a day like this could bring so many music lovers together in one place and bond over their love for music and the search and the hunt for whatever's on the list that year and the anticipation all year long waiting for these releases from their favorite artists it's just so cool it's so cool to have that opportunity to meet new people and go out and have that interaction and that was something that was really extremely missed during the past two years with the pandemic and COVID and everything that has taken place globally. And now finally this year, we're going back to, as I said earlier, slowly integrating back into quote unquote normal life. And that is something that I think everybody can mutually agree on of how exciting that is to be back out there in full force and to be going to live shows again it's just it's a good time it's a good time it feels good to be a music fan yes and i just truly hope that you know um well before i say that let me just say that it's there's there's no better feeling than when you're at a record store you're browsing through the records you go there so much that the employees know you that you know, it gets to the point where, you know, they start making suggestions about, you know, something you possibly may want. You know what I mean? Like, they just know you so well at that point that they're like, hey, have you noticed we've got this on sale? Or have you considered checking this band out? Exactly. The bond that you develop between you and the people that work at these record stores and, like I said, the owners of the stores themselves and just seeing those familiar faces when you go and mm-hmm, you're browsing mm-hmm. and everything and at a point they even know you better than yourself sometimes when you're browsing <laughs> yeah, yeah. and you're going through things they'll be like oh 
you're here, you're definitely looking for this, or this just came out, would you be interested in this? And it's just, it's, it's really cool to experience that. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, hopefully you will join me for the next one. There is a part two to Record Store Day this year. They say that they're going to be sticking to their once a year format again, now that, you know, things are easing up a little bit. But because of the delays, they have been forced to have a part two in June so that they can sell the rest of what didn't make it to uh, the sales this month in April. So I can't wait to hopefully share that experience with you and uh, we'll go back to how it was, you know, pre-pandemic. Yes, I am so incredibly thankful that there is a part two this year since I missed out on part one and it has been long overdue for me to really get back out there and I cannot wait to go with you and have that experience and just as we said before connect with people really just full-blown dig in these crates and browse through and you know have that patience and persistence to find whatever you may find I mean that is one of the best things about Record Store Day is not only connecting with the people and not only, of course, going through the list and trying to find whatever you may want from the list, but also it's what you don't expect of what you were just saying about the Metallica record and the rareness of it and how you kind of had to walk away with it because even though it was an unexpected purchase, it was still one of those things where it was a diamond in the rough, so to speak. So I love moments like that as well, where you walk in and you really don't know what to expect. Even if you have a game plan in mind while walking in, still walking out of there is uh, anybody's guess of what you're going to walk out with. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If there's If anybody's already a diehard of vinyl like we are or if you're you know just starting to get into it or maybe you've never done it before and you're thinking about it if nothing else take that away from this episode you know have a basic plan but also be prepared to you know (laughs) (laughs) be prepared to have that derailed because you know you're you're always going to find something you're not looking for but that you'll definitely consider taking with you so just and that's part of the fun of it, you know, just the unpredictability of what you're going to find and, you know, how that's going to end up for you. I miss everything about the experience, Eric, and I just can't wait to get back out there and uh, have some fun. Really, that's what it's all about. It's just about having fun, going out, enjoying each other's company, you know, and really giving life to especially the independent record stores, as I was saying before, they do it all for us music lovers. So really, it's the least that we can do. It's such an exciting time of the year. I look forward to it every year, and I know you do too. And uh, with that, Eric, do you have any final thoughts about your record store day experience, at least for part one? Yeah, just want to say that it felt really good to start going back to the familiar. It felt really good to start going back to that just, you know, sense of semi-normal, you know, interacting with the workers, the people, you know, just browsing vinyl again, you know, in person on a day that, you know, is just celebrates music in general. And I just want to say that you're absolutely right. It is a fantastic time for customers, but hopefully sooner than later, we'll be able to 
get to a point in time where it will be a fantastic time for everybody. Artists, pressing plants, record labels, independent music stores, and customers. So here's to hoping for better days for not just record store day, but for, you know, all year round in terms of, you know, vinyl. And I really hope that, you know, moving forward, we're able to find a solution that helps everybody out. But until we get there, I think the best we can do is to just, you know, make the best of what we have and just remember that Record Store Day is about fun, it's about music, and we are all the better for that. I could not agree more. What a mic drop moment, Eric. That was great. What a great closing statement. Thank you. And I can't wait to uh, have you join me next time. Yes. So, guys, make sure that you stay tuned for part two because this was part one of Record Store Day 2022. As Eric pointed out before, there's going to be a second half. So for those who missed out this time around, don't fear. We are going back out there in June. We can't wait to have that experience and hopefully we'll see you then. Yeah, man, that would be so cool. Like, come on, that's what it's about. It's about just, you know, talking to each other, coming together, sharing our love for not just the record, but for music. So, you know, when the second part comes around, let's make it happen. Sounds good. And with that, you guys, we want to know those who went out for Record Store Day for the part one this month. How did you guys make out? How were the record stores by you that you had access to? Were there giant lines? Were you able to get right in and get what you want? We want to know it all, you guys. Head over to www.musicmattersmedia.com and let us know over there. And don't forget to follow us on social media. We are on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube. We're on it all, you guys, at Music Matters Media. And stay tuned for the next one. I cannot wait for part two of Record Store Day. Eric and I will be out there and we hope to see you then.